Well, good morning once again, Tulip Street. Hey, glad to be here with you today. Um, Jeff, am I on? Uh, okay, didn't sound like it for a second there. All right. Hey, well, welcome again. Happy Mother's Day. Um, and uh, today you're not going to get your typical, like, Mother's Day sermon, mothers are great, all that stuff. We already know that, right? We already know mothers are amazing. We wouldn't be here without you, literally. Uh, so thank you for all that you've done. Um, but today we're going to look uh, at something I think you'll find very interesting, okay? So let's start out with this reading from Scripture. Would you please read this aloud with me from the screen? Let's, let's all read this together. This is from 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, and then Galatians 3, 27 through 29. Let's read this together if you would. Don't rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with all purity. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Amen. Thank you. So today we're going to take a look at a little battle of the sexes, right? Men and women from different planets, right? Men are from what? Mars. Women are from Venus. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Okay. Uh, and I want to set the stage here. The original, probably, battle of the sexes, which some of you may recall. Now, we were having some issues with video here, but I think Jeff's going to try to make it work. So roll that first video if we could. Hello and welcome to History Pod. On the 20th of September 1973, female tennis player Billie Jean King beat Bobby Riggs, a former world number one men's player, in the Battle of the Sexes. Bobby Riggs was a leading tennis player in the 1940s and by the time he retired in 1951 had won six Grand Slam titles. Following his retirement, he became a self-described hustler and male chauvinist and began organising exhibition matches that complemented his love of gambling. By 1973, Riggs had turned his attention to women's tennis and began criticising the quality of the players. With media attention growing, he claimed that at age 55 he could still beat any female player and actively began seeking opponents. Margaret Court, who was the best female player in the world at the time, accepted the challenge and played on Mother's Day 1973. Having easily defeated her 6-2, 6-1 by keeping her off guard with a combination of drop shots and lobs, Riggs sought another female opponent and focused his attention on Billie Jean King. King had previously rebuffed Riggs's challenges, but following Court's defeat, she agreed to play him in a televised match that drew an estimated worldwide audience of 90 million people known as the Battle of the Sexes that would deliver $100,000 to the victor. The spectacle was reinforced when King and Riggs entered the Houston Astrodome on a Cleopatra-style litter carried by topless men and a rickshaw pulled by female models, respectively. Early in the match, Riggs broke King's serve, 
something that she later said made her realise that she had to win the match in order to preserve the image of women's tennis. She went on to win in straight sets, 6-4, 6-3, 6-3, and brought significant attention not only to the sport of women's tennis, but also to sexual equality in general. The original battle of the sexes, right? Um... Okay. Are we back up and running with my stuff there? Maybe? There we are. Yeah, there, there was this whole anything you can do, I can do better mentality, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you don't remember all the way back to the, you know, the 70s and the, that original Battle of the Sexes, but I do remember a series of commercials. I think it was maybe Gatorade or something between Mia Hamm and Michael Jordan you know, playing the different sports and seeing who was better at the different things, right? Um, but, I mean, that just raises all sorts of questions. Are men and rem- women really all that different? Some of you are like, uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> all right, well, let's take a look at some of the ways we may be different and maybe more alike than we realize, all right? Now, everything I'm about to show you is backed by research, okay? This isn't just like some dude's opinion or observations. This is research-based, okay? These are really some of the more interesting All right? Women have more sensitive hearing, but men have better directional hearing. Uh, Women can pick up on certain sounds and certain frequencies that men a lot of times don't have a good job picking up on. Um, A baby crying at night, for instance, right? Women often will be more in tune with that than the men. Um, Or like their kid makes a noise across the playground and like, who is that? Like, I didn't hear anything. What are you talking about? But men have better directional hearing. If, if a sound is made around you in 3D space, men are typically better at pinpointing where that noise came from, right? Which is why you enjoy hunting for some reason. <laughs> Being out there, what was that noise? You know, there, there it is, over there. Um, let's see. Women have better memories. Does this surprise anybody? <laughs> Honey, where did I put the... It was on your nightstand. Uh, oh, there it is. Yep. You're right. You know, women tend to like, find things and remember where things are put a lot better. But more than that, since women are more emotionally in tune with themselves, that, uh, a lot of times their memories are tied more closely with emotion. And so when that happens, stronger memories do get formed. So women tip- tend to have better memories than men. Uh, women see more colors than men. Have you ever been in Lowe's trying to pick out paint colors with your wife? Um, or she shows you like two different nail polishes or something. And it's like, which do you like better? They're both red. I don't know. Which blue do you like better? Are they different? What are you showing me right now? Like women can pick up on minute changes and subtle differences in color. But men have better peripheral vision and are more sensitive to motion. Again, stuff happening on our, on our peripheries, anything moving in the background, men typically pick up on that a bit better. Uh, let's see. Men's brains are more compartmentalized, but women have a larger corpus callosum. Let me explain what that means. The corpus callosum is that thing in your brain that connects the two halves. You got two halves of your brain, right brain, left brain, 
The corpus callosum is that set of nerves in between that allows right and left to talk to each other. That set of nerves, the corpus callosum, is larger in women. Women really do use more of their brains in any given uh, time, in any given circumstance, than men do. Men are more compartmentalized. You might think of it as men's brains are like waffles, women's brains are like spaghetti, okay? Um, it, it just, that's just kind of how it works. And if you want a, a really fun video on that, uh, if you are following along in our app, in the Uversion app under events, uh, down towards the bottom I have a link to uh, a video, I think it's called Men's Brains, Women's Brains, or if you just search that on YouTube, Men's Brains, Women's Bra Brains, you'll find a really funny and helpful explanation of the differences between men and women in that regard. Um, the next one, again, is a video. Uh, let's have Jeff Foxworthy explain a little difference between men and women, if you will, if we can get that to work. Fact of life, women always have more questions than men have answers to. Great example of this. Six, seven months ago, I get a text one day. The text says, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. I walk into the kitchen where my wife is. I said, hey, I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, was he driving? I said, I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. Were Carol and the kids in the car with him? I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. Were the people in the other car hurt? I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. What hospital did they take him to? I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, well, you don't know anything. What do you know? I know you need to pray for Tom. I just got a text that said he was in a bad wreck. <laughs> uh, how many of you have had conversations that went something like that? Oh, man. What do you know? Uh, uh, women tend, here we go, to worry more than men. Has that been your experience? No pointing fingers or anything. Women tend to worry more than men, but are also better able to foresee and react to problems. It's their worrying that actually prepares them for the bad thing that happens. And that's what prepares them to say, I told you so, when us men like shrug it off. No, we don't need to bring sunscreen. We won't be outside that long. Everyone comes home burned, right? No, I don't think we need the, the bug spray. It's not, a, it's not a very long hike. Yeah, and the mosquitoes swarm us. Sorry, that's a personal one from us. Um, <laughs> you know, they worry about their kids. They worry about the stuff around the house. They, and to us men, a lot of times they can come across as nagging. But a lot of times also, if those problems go unaddressed, it makes for worse problems down the road, right? So, guys, pay attention when your wife is worried about something. And maybe act on it. Uh, let's see. Men have better spatial awareness and sense of objects in three-dimensional space. That's why a lot of times it's the man who loads the car for the road trip, right? <laughs> you know exactly where the suitcases will fit. You know exactly what needs to go in where and what you have room for and what you don't. A lot of times that is the case. Um, you know, stacking stuff away in storage. Uh, leave that to the man. Typically. Typically, okay? Again, typically. Uh, they have better spatial awareness and a sense of objects in 3D space. Uh, women 
This is interesting. It has nothing to do with like any relationship stuff. But if you look at your hands, all right, for all of us, our middle finger is the longest. But men have longer ring fingers as their second longest finger. And women have longer index fingers. Their index finger is their second longest finger. I don't know why. It's just a weird, weird phenomenon, right? I don't know if it has to do with like improved grip strength for men or, you know, being able to point at stuff easier for women. I don't know. I don't know. That's just kind of, it's science. It's not me. Here we go, though. Men build their sense of self, our self-identity, typically through our abilities and our accomplishments. What we've done, what we've accomplished, what we are able to do. And a lot of times when we lose our ability to do things, we lose our sense of self. Women tend to build their sense of self through the quality of their relationships. You're a wife. You're a mother, you're a grandmother, you're a sister, you're an aunt. You're, you're a friend to your coworkers, you're a friend to these people you've grown up with your whole life. Your relationships are where you find your sense of self. That's why women tend to have a better time with retirement than men do. Uh, men, it, again, probably not a surprise to anybody. Men have a much harder time connecting with their own feelings, and often express them in unhealthy ways. A lot of us men don't realize that there are more emotions than anger and frustration. There's a whole plethora of emotions that we are able to show, but so many times those are the only ones that seem acceptable for men to show. How dare we show gentleness or tenderness or joy or excitement at anything other than the Colts finally scoring a touchdown. Or the, the Hoosiers finally winning in whatever they're playing. Um, how dare we show any emotions other than that? We have a hard time accessing it. And there's a whole bunch of reasons that we don't really have time to get into. Just that is the case Whereas with women, women are more in tune with a wide range of emotions and feel them more intensely. You can trace this all back to uh, the interplay between testosterone, estrogen, and um, oxytocin. Like all of these things come into play with how we access and express our emotions. And it's just different in men and women. Um, I got one more video to show you. Uh, this is the comedian Brian Regan, again, explaining some differences between men and women. So enjoy. Men and women, we think differently about some things, you know? That's good. We're equal but different. And I'll give you an example. My wife and I have a good friend who got divorced about six months ago, and neither of us had seen him since his divorce. I went golfing with him last week. First time I'd seen him since then. I get back from golf and my wife goes, how's Gary? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, th I thought you were going golfing with Gary today. Well, I did. <laughs> and you don't know how he's doing? I never really came up. Did you ask me to ask him that? 
<laughs> no, I thought maybe you would think to ask him that. I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, is he dating anyone? I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how would I know something like that? Were you two in the same golf cart? Yeah. You're kidding me. You were in the same golf cart for four hours and you don't know if he's dating anyone? I know he's got a new driver. How is that possible that wouldn't come up? How is that possible that would come up? At 150 markers right there, you're probably at about 135. Are you dating anyone? <laughs> Men and women are different. We care about different things. We, we want to know different things about different situations. He was, you know, Obviously, he's a comedian, you know, probably embellishing a bit, but, you know, you're out on the, on the golf course, like, you're talking golf. You know, you're, you out, go play uh, basketball with your buddies, you're, you're talking basketball. You go out fishing, you're talking, uh, you know, baits and lines and, you know, how big your fishes are and all that stuff. I don't know. We don't talk about relationship stuff like women do. Women go to get coffee, and it's not just coffee, right? It's, it's relationship chat. We're different. We are built different. Um, women tend to have longer lifespans than men for many reasons. <laughs> for many reasons. Uh, men tend to be less risk-averse than women in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there's a whole thing going around TikTok right now, dumb ways to die. And a lot of times it involves men, right, doing stupid stuff. Uh, we just, men don't take care, of, uh, take care of ourselves as well as the women in our lives would like us to a lot of times. Just a whole lot of reasons. But uh, women tend to have longer average lifespans than men. Um, and I'm going to let you women in on something that maybe us men don't want this secret spilled. But I'm going to spill it anyway. That men have a nothing box. Okay, let's go back for a moment about how men... Uh, have more compartmentalized brains. Um, it's like we pull out a box and we talk golf. We pull out a box, we talk work. We pull out a box, we talk, you know, sports. Men have a nothing box. And it is one of our favorite boxes to go to. So when you are looking at your guy, or you're looking at your you know, brother, friend, whatever, and they're just kind of checked out, yeah, women are, if a woman looks checked out, I guarantee you she's got like 37 browser tabs open and just switching between them all at one time. For men, if, if we're just kind of sitting there looking checked out, what you thinking about? Nothing. He's not lying to you. He's not hiding something from you. He's literally, he's gone to his nothing box and he is just content to be there just to exist and shut his brain off for a bit. Oh, love it. But here's what we think with the difference between men and women. We think that there might be a 
little bit of overlap, but there are inseparable differences that make us think that we're from completely different planets at times. But in reality, even with most of the stuff I've shown you today, even with stuff that's research-based and uh, backed by studies, men and women are a lot more similar than we are different. We aren't different species. We aren't from different planets. We derive from the same source. Genesis 1.27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. If I remember correctly, now I haven't studied them all, but if I remember correctly, there is not any other ancient creation story that elevates women to the same level as men in this regard. It's always men created first, women kind of an afterthought. Now, Genesis 2 also kind of corrects those things as well. But here, right at the start, we're told male and female both created with intention out of the community of the triune God, created out of love, created to bear his image to the world, male and female. Genesis 2, we see kind of the other side of that. God did create Adam out of the dust of the earth, and then he creates the woman out of his side, it says, almost like splitting him in half a lot of times. I don't know. I don't know what that was like. But when he finally wakes up and God kind of presents the woman to her, this is what he says. This is bone from my bone and flesh of my flesh. We're, th- this is it. We're one and the same, but we complement each other. We're equal, but we're also complementary to each other. And he is just blown away. It's not until later, Genesis chapter 3, that we see all of that get messed up and everything get flipped on its head. In Genesis chapter 3, after sin is introduced into the world, after Eve took that fruit, gave it to her husband who was there with her, Their eyes were opened, they realized they'd done messed up, and they went and hid from God. And in hiding from God, God comes and walking in the garden and calls out to them, where are you? And then they both pop up and kind of start blaming each other. We'll talk more about that next week. But then as part of the punishment, as part of the consequences, God tells this to Eve. He says, you'll want to please your husband, but he'll Lord it over you. In other words, this equality, this, this uh, co-leadership that you've had in the garden, suddenly it's going to be flipped on its head. Suddenly there's going to be a hierarchy. Suddenly he's going to use his physical prowess, his stronger build, to lord it over you as the weaker vessel. And instead of caring for you, he's going to lord it over you. But you're going to desire to please him, but it's never going to be enough. And this relationship is never going to be the same again. Suddenly there's a hierarchy built in as a consequence of sin. So we got to remember that when we choose to follow Christ, when we're baptized into Christ, that we are part of a new creation. We are new creation people but we are still living in a Genesis 3 old creation world. Jesus came to instate a new creation, a new kingdom, where all the former things 
are done with. All the former barriers and blockades and hierarchies are done with. And we are living in a new creation. This is something truly new. What does that look like? For instance, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, he says this, from, then, from now on then, we don't know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we had known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him this way. In other words, we don't view each other from a worldly perspective, according to the world's rules, according to the world's values, according to the world's traditions, something new is happening. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Well, what is that old creation? What does that look like? Well, you can look it up. There's this old threefold prayer of blessing that Jewish men would pray daily at a certain time. This threefold blessing where the a Jewish man would pray, blessed are you, Lord, God and King of the world, who did not make me a Gentile, who did not make me a slave, and who did not make me a woman. Now, I do confess, every time I walk down the makeup aisle, I can give you about a thousand reasons I'm glad I'm not a woman. Okay? That's just confession right there. Uh, it used to make me super uncomfortable to go into the makeup section, but, you know, having a wife and I do the grocery shopping, she's like, hey, I need this particular eyeliner or makeup, and she takes a picture of it for me and sends it to me so I know exactly what to get. I don't always know where to find it, but I know what I'm looking for at least. Are you glad, men, that you weren't born a woman? Because I think that says more about our society and how our society treats women than it does about God and his intention for us. Are you glad that you weren't born a slave? Why? Because you enjoy your freedoms, right? This is part of old creation where there is this difference between Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female. But as we read together earlier, Paul dismantles all of that. Well, Jesus dismantles it and Paul kind of takes it and runs with it as well. For those of you who are baptized into Christ have, have been clothed with Christ. And here, there is neither Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are one. Paul is taking that threefold prayer of blessing. Thank you that I wasn't born a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. And he's saying, in Christ, that doesn't matter anymore. That's all washed away. I, I, I love the way it's been put, that the, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all standing on equal footing at the foot of the cross. There's no one higher than anybody else. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And notice, he, go, he switches. There's neither Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female. That's a direct quote from Genesis 1, where God created them male and female. Now in new creation, we're all one. It's undoing that curse of Genesis chapter 3. We are living in new creation. Again, what does new creation look like? Another example, in Acts chapter 1, 
uh, where the disciples are kind of all there together. We've got a list of all the apostles that are gathered to, together after Jesus had ascended. And it says there, they were all continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. The women were there too. This wasn't a male-only club. Yes, the 12 original apostles that Jesus called were all men, but it goes further than that. There were women there too, every step of the way. And Peter kind of draws on this when he gets up to speak in front of everybody. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit descends on them on the day of Pentecost. It's an amazing, amazing story. They're all together there, and then the Spirit descends on them. They go out into public fearless unashamed, and start preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's not just the men. It's the women who are there too. And they're speaking in all of these different languages where everybody from all the different nations is able to hear the gospel in their own language. Some people don't realize what's going on. or are like, hey, these guys are drunk. <laughs> wow, all right, good excuse. I've never spoken a different language because of alcohol. I don't know. I, I haven't tried that. Don't want to. But Peter gets up and says, hey, these people aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's too early for that. I love that's his excuse. It's only nine in the morning. It's too early for that. Uh, on the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. So he's going all the way back to the old covenant, to the, one of the prophets, Joel. One of the most confusing prophets to read, by the way, too. But this, I think, is crystal clear when he says, when he quotes this, and it will be in the last days, as God sa says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. This is what's happening. This is something new. We are in, quote, the last days, the days of Christ, the days of the new creation, the days of the kingdom in which the spirit does not discriminate between men and women, between old and young. We are all one together prophesying and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ together as co-workers. That is new creation. Paul, again, writing to the church in Ephesus, says this, for he is our peace, that is Christ himself is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made no effect he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. Now here he's talking specifically about the dividing wall in the temple that separated Jews from Gentiles. You could go into the temple courts, into the outer courts, no matter what your nationality was. Jew, Gentile, didn't matter. You, could, you had access into that outer courts. But the closer you got to the temple, the more barriers were put in place. You could only go so far, and then Gentiles could go no further under penalty of death. Only Jews were allowed past a certain point. And then even inside that court, there was another court called the Court of Women, where women could go, but they couldn't go any further. Only the men could go past that point. And even then, there was a point where Jewish men had to stop and only the priests could go 
in a little bit further. And even then, (laughs) there was a barrier between where the priest could go and where only the high priest could go. And that barrier, if you recall, was torn in two at the crucifixion. Jesus, through his crucifixion, through his death, burial, and resurrection, tore down all of those barriers. Now, everyone, Jew, Gentile, male, female, has unhindered access to the God and creator of the universe. We're all one. This is new creation. So really, the difference, old creation can be settled like this. Uh, Old creation focuses more on our differences and ultimately leads to a competition for power. Think back to that original battle of the sexes in 1970 about this chauvinistic man thinking I can be any woman even though I'm old and washed up and has been. And ultimately, he was put in his place, which is pretty awesome. Old creation focuses on power, on hierarchy, on competition, whereas new creation realizes that we are more alike than we are different while celebrating and utilizing our differences for the common good and to bring glory to God. There is no denying men and women are built differently. I just talked about a lot of the differences, but it's not, that doesn't mean one is better than the other. That just means we need each other to become whole and complete within our families and within our churches. That's old creation versus new creation. I love the Gottmans, if you can't tell. The Gottmans, uh, the Gottman Institute, uh, their their husband and wife team, both well-researched, well-studied, just well-respected within relationship uh, issues in psychology. Um, It says this, uh, we've all heard that men men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? We've all heard that. This particular notion may, may, we may dispose of easily. We'll do the math for you. Dr. Gottman states that, quote, the determining factor of whether, a wife, whether wives feel satisfied with the sex, romance, and passion in their marriage is, by 70%, the quality of the couple's friendship. For women, it's the friendship and the relationship that matters most of all. For men, the determining factor is, by 70%, the quality of the couple's friendship. So, men and women come from the same planet after all. At the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We all want to feel seen. We all want to feel loved and respected and valued as a person. No matter our gender, no matter our age, no matter our marital status, no matter where we are in life, we all want the same thing. Deep down at the heart of it, we all want to know that we're loved and known, and that's it. And we are loved, and we are known by the God, the creator of the universe, and then he brings us together as his church, as his people, so that we can put that into practice and share that love with other people. And that is the beauty of the church. From this book I've been reading, which is full of just valuable resources, it's called The Family, A Christian Perspective on the Contemporary Home. Uh, These authors address the issue of manhood, womanhood, gender stuff as well. And this is what they say, and I love this. I think it's super valuable. 
True Christian womanhood and manhood are not mere reflections of the traditional definitions of femininity and masculinity. To help achieve the ideal of true manhood and womanhood, cultures can continue to recognize the distinctions between men and women and at the same time encourage individuals to meet their potentials and goals in life through equal opportunities and responsibilities. Celebrating our differences, but encouraging and empowering one another as individuals to fully become the men and women God created us to be. It goes on, the essential question that we should be asking is at what point our cultural norms prevent both men and women from becoming the fully human persons God intended for them to be. Women and men are both in need of liberation from gender stereotypes that have hindered growth in personhood. It is important to define gender roles in family life that encourage males and females to flourish and to be empowered. In other words, so many of us have been handed a script in life. Here's what it means to be a man. Here's what it means to be a woman. And you may look at that script and say, that doesn't work for me, but I feel pressure from society to conform to that mold. These authors are arguing that in the new creation, in the kingdom of God, those scripts that we've been handed by society, yeah, you can go ahead and throw those out. We're all one in Christ. We need to develop a better script, a script that allows each and every one of us as individual members of the family of God to reach our fullest potential in life, whatever that may be. So men, if that means you're a stay-at-home dad, okay, that was my reality for a while, and that was tough. That was hard. But we can do it. Men, you can change diapers too, right? Women, yeah, you enter the workforce, crush it. Men, if your wives make more than you, celebrate. Don't drag her down. Don't make it a thing. There's no competition. It's not a competition. At the end of the day, we're on the same team. We're on the same team. We're going to talk about this a little bit more, like I said, next week. But we're on the same team. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 12, he says, Love must be sincere. Hate what's evil. If there's anything creeping into your life and your mentality that puts others down based on their gender, based on their age, based on their skin color, anything else, that is evil and you should get rid of it. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. Place the others above. Lift each other up. Be devoted, ruthlessly devoted to each other. Ruggedly devoted. Just so devoted to each other across all of these barriers that there's nothing that can separate you, that you do not think that you are better than anyone else based on anything. We are all one in Christ. The, the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. So what are we called to do with this today? It's Mother's Day. We celebrate mothers. Yay, honor mothers. Honor grandmothers. Lift them all up. Absolutely. It, it, 
It makes me sad to know that in the prison systems, there was a, this is kind of an aside, but we'll close with this. There, there, there was a study in prisons where they would go in and offer free cards for Mother's Day. All the inmates could go and write a letter to their mother and send it, and it was all free. And when they did that, the line was backed up crazy long. It was a smash success because these inmates love their mothers. And they thought, hey, that was such a, such a success. Let's try it for Father's Day. Crickets. These inmates did not have a father that they wanted to honor in the same way as their mother. And that breaks my heart. We need to be there for each other. We need to lift each other up and honor one another. So what are we called to do today? Uh, first of all, reevaluate the script you've been handed about manhood and womanhood, all right? If you think there's things you should do or shouldn't do because you're a man or because you're a woman, and that's only cultural, it's purely cultural, nothing biblical about it, reevaluate that thing, all right? Men can show emotion, too. Women can be bosses, too. Like, we, we get it. Uh, second thing, here, this is probably more important than, than any of that. But seek first to understand and then to be understood. That's Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's probably one of the most important things in life. Seek first to, be un to understand, then to be understood. Really take time to understand where the other's coming from. Being a man, woman in relationship, whatever that relationship, brother, sister, husband, wife, co-workers, you can find yourself talking past each other. Find ways to understand where the other person is coming from, then seek to be under, understood for yourself. And then lastly, today of all days, let's find ways to show honor to members of the opposite sex. Men, honor the women in your lives. What, sisters, mothers, friends, co-workers, daughters, whatever the case may be, honor the women in your lives because they are such a blessing to us. And women, Take time this week to show honor to the men in your lives, your husbands, your brothers, your dads, your cousins, what, coworkers, whatever the case may be. Show them honor. And I tell you, if we can do that, if we can honor one another above ourselves, we can start to really change, not just the church, but society as a whole. I'd love the worship team to come back up. Um, as we wrap up today. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, again, just a reminder, ladies, on your way out, we have, a, we have a flower for you. I don't want any woman, hopefully we have enough, uh, I don't want any woman to leave this place without a, a flower in her hands, all right? We wanna honor you. We wanna show love and respect to you in any way we can. Thank you. We love you. If you would, let's stand together and we'll be led in one final song.